0: This is the e-commerce content creation podcast. In this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Kelly Garthwaite of Red Bull Media House. We talk empathy and vulnerability in the workplace, as well as what she often looks for in new talent to bring into the Red Bull roster. This is the second of our pre-holiday episode backlog that we're releasing this year, and next week we're going to talk predictions for 2024, as well as look back at 2023 in creative production space. Now let's get into this week's interview with Kelly Garthwaite. This is the e-commerce content creation podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Jester. Joining me for this episode, Kelly Garthwaite, Creative Operations Team Lead with, is it Red Bull or Red Bull Media House, right? It's like a separate entity.
1: Yeah, it's Red Bull Media House. It's under Red Bull North America, but it is a separate entity.
0: But not only Creative Operations Team Lead with Red Bull Media House, but you were recently a keynote speaker, at Henry Stewart. I was there in LA to, to hear your keynote on that. And just in general, a sort of like industry, photography industry advocate, you're out there on LinkedIn a uh, lot of good engagement to talk about little inside baseball and the LinkedIn inside of things, but you get, you know how to get some conversation started welcome to the podcast kelly
1: <laughs> thank you so much i'm really excited to be here this is actually my first podcast so i'm happy that i'm doing it with you
0: i think that's true of probably a lot of our guests but it's also partially due to the fact there aren't that many podcast people interested in covering a very very niche subset of photography <laughs> in a very specific way but you know it's what we do it's what we like we're all weird about it so that's why we have a podcast
1: Yeah, we we are in a room full of nerds, that's for sure.
0: Some of the biggest nerds. Yeah, the creatives, it turns out, have been some of the biggest nerds. Uh, (laughs) Process nerds. Who knew that was coming? Who knew there'd be so many process nerds in creative roles? Uh, But we're not necessarily talking process. We're not necessarily talking creativity. We are talking creativity because it's what we do. But we're talking soft skills today. You and I had a meeting uh, last week, I believe. Might have been earlier this week. Who can tell anymore? (laughs) Um, to talk about, to figure out a topic that we wanted to touch on. And we, we talked about some of the things that have been important to you and your career. And they happen to line up with me. I'm a big advocate of using vulnerability and, and trying to understand other people's perspectives for like small things at work. It's, it can really, really help inform some, I think, good decision-making when you get into management, but I think it also makes you excellent to work with. So what, like when we talk about empathy and vulnerability though, Kelly, Are we just talking about being super emotional all the time or like, let's set the stage of what specifically do we mean when we talk about sort of like working with this in mind intentionally and advocating for sort of a little bit more vulnerability and how we interact with each other?
1: Yeah, I think it's really just putting the human aspect into everything that you do and and being able to yeah, the, the, the emotional side of things, of course I do wear my heart on my sleeve, but I think when you get to a place of managing other people, you have to figure out how to reword things based on who you're talking to and be able to connect with that person on their level. So I think it's really, a lot of it is about reading the room and also just being able to meet people at their level.
0: Exactly. I think super well said, like the, it it's, It's sort of like vulnerability in order to get to empathy. It's not necessarily two different things. I think the idea is getting to empathy, which is simply considering other people's feelings, perspectives, thoughts, their own desires when you're helping, when you're interacting in any kind of meaningful, professional way. And that's what requires the vulnerability, I think. It requires a lot of vulnerability to be empathetic, and it can be really uncomfortable for certain type of people that you work with and and kelly you and i are um of similar ages pretty close in age and so you have recognized i think as well as i have that there are some weird generations that we interact with some big differences generationally i don't want to make it about boomers versus generation x millennials and gen z but there are some significant differences in the work environments that we sort of came to maturity in And we're in a very transitionary period, I think, that skews more towards what we're talking about today. But it can be really uncomfortable um, when you work with a a diverse set of people in terms of just even age difference.
1: It's yeah, you are making some incredible points. I, I know what you mean between right now, I guess there's like boomers all the way down to Gen Z in one workplace. And yeah, I don't think that we've had this generation gap ever in history. And, um, the way that Gen Z is interacting, there's more of an emphasis on mental health and, and I'm like, really, really grateful that we have that aspect. Um, and so I think it's, it's very cool to see the ways in which all these different generations are working with each other and learning from each other. Some people definitely are more resistant to learn from others than, than some of the other people out there. But I, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely taking away um, how to lean into being more open with transparency and vulnerability and, I've always just been an empathic person in general. So it comes pretty natural to me. Um, But I'm hoping that the narrative that I'm spreading will help people feel more comfortable leaning into that also.
0: One of the things that I think Kelly is really important as a part of this conversation is it kind of boils down to being somebody that is at at the very least able to be worked with. I'm not even going to say pleasant to work with. So, I mean, it's nice if you can be pleasant to work with, but in in our industry, in our field, you're sometimes you're out on location doing an advertising campaign. For me, a lot of my career was in studios that were a mix of freelance and full-time talent. So I was trying to balance relationships between freelance staff and full-time staff. And one of the things that I realized really quickly is the best way to be successful in a creative uh, industry as, as we've structured them today is to be excellent to work with and that probably actually matters more than whether or not your portfolio is the best portfolio in the room or in the email list that day. Would you agree with me on that? Do you feel that having great soft skills, great interpersonal skills is more important than having a great portfolio or is it the other way around or do you approach it depending on the project?
1: You know, The people who have been really easy to work with have stood out in my mind so hard. And I, some of them are definitely more up and coming and there's so much room for improvement as far as your work goes. If you are easy to work with and you leave a good impression on all the people around you. And another part of it is like, how do they interact with talent? Like that's one thing that's really important. If the talent is like, oh, I loved this person. They were really great. They made me feel seen. They, uh, made me emote and I never emote. like that's the type of person that we're going to bring back. Um, even if maybe their, their technical skills have a little bit of room for improvement.
0: Do you have any examples of like like a manager that you've worked with in the past or, or like maybe a mentor doesn't have to be like a direct report situation, but somebody that you just watched, like pull out the most unbelievable, like diplomatic handling of a situation with somebody that you really learned from and like building on this idea of like developing these soft skills around empathy and stuff. Do you have any, any situations like that that you can think of that you could share?
1: I don't know if I have a specific situation offhand, but the person who comes to mind first and foremost is the VP of my department at Red Bull. His name is Samesh, and he is just one of the kindest, most openly vulnerable people I've ever met. Like, he's one of those people who you could go and cry to if you need (laughs) and <laughs> he'll be completely mm. understanding. And I just appreciate seeing somebody like him in a leadership role because it shows me and everyone else that sometimes leadership is about being a, a calm, open, empathic person. And I, I honestly think that's one of the best if not the best ways to be a leader to lead um and so it's allowed me to lean into the things that make me who i am because for a long time we've been told like yeah you lead with strength and you you know the iron fist whatever and i just think that we need to lean into the changes that have been coming up more recently with Other ways to exist.
0: Yeah, I think there really is a a balanced way to enforce the things that you need because they're important to what you're trying to do, because we're still trying to work at the end of the day. Like, yeah, am I a stickler about everybody being in my studio at 8 a.m. or whatever designated time? Not really, because like, you know. I have relationships with these people and I trust them. <laughs> like, if, you know, you, 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 it, 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 it's easy to identify when somebody's taking advantage of, of something like that and to be able to correct that and then turning it into like making every little thing feel like everyone's looking over their shoulder constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can, I ask you a really vulnerable question and I will answer the same question just to let you know up <laughs> front. But I realize if I ask it to you first um, it was, it would seem kind of imbalanced. So I want to let you know, I'm going to answer the question, but can I ask you a really vulnerable question?
1: I feel like in light of what we're talking about I have to say yes
0: you have to say yes, yes. you do have to say yes because yes, of the topic I, yeah absolutely
1: I'm so um, ready to be vulnerable <laughs> Daniel give it to okay. me
0: <laughs> have you ever cried at work with somebody there Lane? Like, and ideally I think it should be like a, mm-hmm. a, a, a for, for my for my situation it, it was a person that I reported to they were in my reporting chain and then realized it was a mistake realized it was not the right thing to do has that ever happened to you
1: you know, in more recent years, I haven't outwardly cried at work, but I definitely did when I was living in D.C. Working as a <laughs> I was a technical writer working for the government, like in my last job. Oh, geez. And it was, yeah,
0: I would cry yeah. just because that seems very scary and hard.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going through some like I was going through through some relationships with people who are not emotionally available. And it was like, one of them mm. was breaking down at that point. Mm. And so I was definitely bringing my emotions to work, but I was like going in the bathroom stall and just like concealing it. I didn't want anyone there to know. It felt very, it did not feel like an openly vulnerable empathic yeah. sort of environment. Um, but right. I feel like if I were to do that now, my manager would be completely understand. He's like surrounded by, women all the time we always joke that he's like he can't get away from women because Hmm. everyone on his team was a woman he's married to a woman only has daughters so he's one of those people who gets it so i would feel really comfortable crying in front of him but i haven't yet maybe i should make that a point next year
0: make it (laughs) Try just to make it happen just to see how it goes yeah i yeah just see what happens i don't i don't want to say I don't want to say when or where this was because it would be too easy to figure out um, too much information (laughs) about it because it was not a good experience. It was the person was my manager and I felt like in the moment it was like it was becoming overwhelming. I was just exhausted because of this like interpersonal situation with this other person that just somehow kept like, and I know this is my podcast and I'm going to play the victim card on my own podcast. I'm sorry. I don't think I was doing anything (laughs) wrong. I think I was working in good faith, trying to make things work with this other person. They would, to my face, want to work with me and then go to other people and say other things than what we had tried to work out between us. And it was just this weird, we come from very different backgrounds. It was this weird sort of power struggle that was going on for a while that I didn't want to be a part of. I just wanted to I wanted to run my team. Um, And I cried in front of my boss um, and he was horrified and I was horrified that he was horrified. And I thought I needed to reach that. I I thought like it was overwhelming. I thought maybe this would be the thing that would make him realize how much of this is like, how, how deeply this is affecting me. This situation is bothering me. And it was just not the right move. And our relationship was never the same again after that. And that was really hard. That person was, I consider to be one of the more challenging managers, if not the most challenging manager that I've ever, I'd ever had. And that was part of that for sure.
1: Yeah. There's so many people out there managing people who just probably shouldn't be. So I'm like, where's that? Where's that information for those people?
0: (laughs) And it just comes from that same sort of gener. It's not, I don't want to make it about an age difference or a generational thing, but I will say that this, this person was not somebody you'd consider to be, old enough, I think, to be really part of the old school, but the companies that they had worked for had been very old school. Mm-hmm. And so there was a very like good old boy sort of like manager mentality that that this person was not very hands-on, was really aloof. I wasn't getting any help on anything that I needed from them. And it just kind of culminated in this situation that um, it ended up resolving itself kind of through forces outside of our control. But uh, yeah, really – Really was like, I've, I've, I've cried at work a couple of times with people that I reported to, and there was a dramatic difference between the person that I consider to be one of the best managers I've ever had and how they, they took that for what it was, which was like an emotional release to a situation that had been bothering me. Um, and, yeah, like, it was, it was just really disappointing. <laughs> it was really disappointing, kind of hor- horrifying in the moment.
1: I'm sure. Well, I'm glad that you got out of there. Like we said in our last conversation, everything ends up working out in the way that it's meant to, but it's no fun while you're in the middle of it.
0: No, no fun at all. We were, I can't, I can't even tell you the choicest part of the whole story because I feel like it would potentially give it away too much. And I just really want to protect everybody involved in this, but we were in the worst environment imaginable for this meeting to be taking place it was just the worst <gasps> environment imaginable it's somewhere in a f- is what i'll say that that okay. doesn't give away too much um <laughs> t- let's like do you have any other advice for up and coming whether it's photo- i mean I, you mostly work with photographers i think I, I i because of the nature of the way that what, what red bull media house is doing but other creatives yeah. Photographers. It would also apply to anybody who I think is working with freelance, digitech stylists, art directors, that kind of thing. Um, what are some advice that you have out there for people who want to be able to develop this side of themselves? Maybe they feel like they should be getting booked more. You know, maybe they feel like their portfolio is great. Is there someplace else they could be looking? Um, you know, what what advice do you have for that person?
1: I'm a huge fan of community. I think I said that already. I've been like singing it to the the heavens um, but I feel like one of the best things to do is connect with other creatives um, connecting with established photographers is fantastic I have an example um, Chris Kern is running the CBU photography program I don't know if you all are connected mm-hmm. I feel like you are you, you oh, yeah oh
0: Chris and I I know Chris very well we're <laughs> in the same city yeah okay I've been That's to a studio yeah we yeah we um Yeah. I need to actually reach out to him. I need to get the new, I need to get the 2024 CBU calendar. The the 2023 calendar was phenomenal. It was, there was so much talent coming out of that school. It's crazy.
1: They, okay. So at Red Bull, we do these every couple months photo meetups where we just bring in photographers Mm -hmm. to the Red Bull office in Santa Monica. We have this huge screening room. And so if anybody wants to share their work, then they can put it up on the big screen and like talk about the project. And then, um, if they don't want to share, they can just come and be in the community and connect with people. So this, we've had three of them and we'll have another one in January, but, um, the first two had about 25 people, including the Red Bull staff, which is, uh, myself, uh, Colin Kerrigan and Ren Evans. And then, um, we, we were, so aside from the three of us, all these other people came in and most of the people are not Red Bull photographers. They're like people who want to connect and meet the Red Bull staff and meet other photographers. And so, um, we had about 25 people for the second one. And then this last one, we had like 42 or 43 people and Chris. Yeah. And Chris brought five of his students on yeah. in like a big conversion van or whatever i don't know what he rented but he's like we're gonna do the trek from
0: riverside
1: yeah. to santa monica and i was like okay godspeed you got this but yeah. um
0: several hours of travel yes pretty, yes <laughs> very local but, very hyper local southern california commentary right here but that's that's uh, that's not a light day of travel <laughs> that's a big that's a full day of moving around
1: yeah, you have to do like a meditation exercise beforehand and just like really get yeah. yourself in the right mind. Find a find a long podcast, yeah. like maybe two episodes. Listen to this podcast. Um, Listen to this but,
0: one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This but one hard- and basically
0: This American Life, those are the only two you really need to consider yourself with.
1: <laughs> <laughs> those two, yeah. Um, so he brought five of his students. And first, I want to comment on how kind and thoughtful and polite all of them were. They all shook my hand, thanked me for being there, like told me their name. They were just, I was blown away. I was like, if this is what the future of the photography industry looks like, we're in good hands. And then I saw their work and I yeah. was like, how the heck are you all as talented as you are at this age? Yeah. Like, they're 21 Tons- years old and so good. Yeah. But so that's, incredibly that's a talented. T- yeah. So good. And that's a testament to Chris's. Program, um, but anyway, uh, one of his students, Nico, had messaged a, one of our photographers, Christian Pondella, who's a huge adventure sports and just adventure photographer, about going to Rampage, which is one of our yeah. tentpole events. It's the downhill biking thing and, yeah, and the, Virgin. Like it-
0: for the listener, if you're if, if you've ever seen the clips on social media or anywhere of of cyclists from video from their perspective going down what appear to be impossibly <laughs> steep trails in the middle of the desert somewhere, that's what we're talking about. It's the most insane thing a human person can do.
1: Yeah, and it was it's in October, and one of the days it was 117 degrees. Like I I can't even like stand in that weather. And they're like these photographers are going up and down mountainsides cliffs whatever you want to call it in the wilds of utah and it's like there's you have to there's a dirt road to get in like you can't it's a Mm. mile off the main road it's in the middle of nowhere i haven't been yet but um anyway nico who is in chris kern's program connected with christian pandella he reached out to a few photographers and christian got back to nico and was like yeah why don't you tag along for rampage and this was like mm. Nico's dream. He's been wanting to shoot it. Christian Pondella has shot every single rampage. He's been working with Red Bull for over 20 years at this point. And mm. so Nico was there, got to hang out, got to meet the other photographers and Colin, who is working with me. And I then saw his work when he came to the meetup. And immediately I was like, we got to get this guy in the mix next year. Cause he is amazing. And he has an incredible attitude. Like that is the most important mm. part that may mm. that made me feel so good. And this, this is definitely not a just me thing. I know that I've talked to a lot of other people who feel the same way. I am really particular about it because I just think that we should all be nicer and kinder to each other in general. Um, so I want to see that in the photography and creative industries also, Um, but yeah reach out to photographers take a chance step out of your comfort zone Um, go and connect with people in person utilize LinkedIn for sure that's a a great resource I know photographers on there who've gotten a ton of work from just meeting people through LinkedIn Mm -hmm. the same
0: thing to the art center students on our last class of the semester which is that like it's worthwhile being on linkedin and and learning who's who in the industry and being able to connect with people and it's like you know as events like henry stewart is is really operations focused but there's been more and more people bringing photographers to those types of events obviously the pixels flow event is a great very photography focused one yeah. um but yeah like the networking thing is you know that's that's how you get the like the the people who get those opportunities is like Nico, you just have to knock on a lot of doors. Somebody might tag you along. I know for me personally, and I think Kelly, you're the same way. I will often bend over backwards to make something happen for somebody. The biggest thrill I get in my life is when I can connect somebody who wants to work with somebody who needs help.
1: Yes. Yeah. I do that tirelessly, like to a point where I realized that I have to set up better boundaries for myself. And then like removing your ego from the whole scenario is one of the most important things you can do. Because I realized, I was like, I did one of those things today where I was on LinkedIn and I was like, okay, I'm constructing a post and then delete, delete, delete. Nope, I did this like eight times where I was trying to to put a post out and I just could not come up with the thing that I wanted to put out. But the thing that I Mm -hmm. wanted to talk about today was how I felt like I needed to know more than I did when I got to LA. I had to put on this... Facade pretend like, oh, yeah, I'm a gearhead. I totally know about lighting. I can do all of this myself because I thought that that was the way that I was going to get opportunities and work. But it's really, really cool to show up and be like, I don't know. And I would love to learn from you because I know that you have more information in your mind than I do. And yeah, that's always been an
0: attitude that I've appreciated. Like, always, always appreciated the person who was like, look, I may not have the resume that you're looking at for, from other people, but I really, really, really want to learn how to do a good job at this. And I would yeah. love like, like you, I think I would love to give that person a shot. Kelly, we've recorded a lot. Uh, I don't know how much <laughs> it's going to make in the final episode till I listen back to it and, and decide to rethink how vulnerable I was. <laughs> I won't, I won't yeah. edit out the story that I shared, but, um, uh, but I, I, I think it's time to wrap up the conversation. Do you have, uh, do you have anything else that you want to say? Anything, anything that you have going on exciting? I know you, you spoke at Henry Stewart here in LA. Um, mm-hmm. That usually means you get invited back to do stuff, but, but they won't be in LA until the fall again. So is there anything else going on that that, that you want to share with listeners?
1: Um, I am really stoked on having a couple weeks off. Actually, um, my husband and Excellent. and dog and I are going to go rent a cabin up near Yosemite and start the new year off that way. And oh,
0: hell
1: yeah. yeah, I want to, I want to hit the point home that th- there's importance in balance. So you really have to be able to take time off so that you can allow your creativity to grow in those moments where you're quiet. So, um, I'm hoping that I'm going to have some more exciting things to come back with after that.
0: Well said, Kelly, and thank you so much for your time and your expertise and for, uh, allowing me to use you as a therapist for like 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> you can bill me on this.
1: Oh my gosh, of course. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate the invitation, Daniel.
0: That's it for this episode of the e-commerce content creation podcast. Many thanks to our guest, Kelly Garthwaite, and thanks to you for listening. This show is produced independently with support from Creative Force. I'm your host, Daniel Jester. Until next time, my friends.